1: we have running on empties about to get towards the outside, skipping class Alexandra the Great, it's in front never ending, Uh, on the inside running on empties, running a really good race but down to the line, he's in cruise mode, never ending win, second there was. That's the
0: horse that Ernie and I were talking about but this might be a bit of a test for this horse as Chris Barsby joins us on Friday night because Mr Smarty off the inside as Ernie made reference to is very good in its own right and Gary Hall Senior trains it and Gary Hall Junior drives never ending good morning Chris. Steve, good
1: morning Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. I'm looking forward to the chat tomorrow morning with Matty Young. He'll join us as he does each and every Thursday, so it'll be interesting to see how he sort of pulls apart this race. It's a uh, it's a good race, all important race for the WA Derby. This is the Western Gateway on Friday night at Gloucester Park. So, Mr. Smarty has Gate One, never-ending Gate Four. So, it'll be interesting to see uh, how sort of Matty sort of you know pulls apart this race, but. I think he'd be a brave man to tip away from never-ending. And the fact that Junior's sticking with never-ending, he would have had the option. He would have been down for both horses, but Stuart McDonald picks up the drive on Mr Smarty. So I think there's a lead there in itself that Junior's sticking with never-ending and he's the horse they have to beat.
0: And Chris, as I said, uh, uh, Gary Hall Jr. and a couple of Queenslanders, old drivers from all over the country there at Launceston on, on Saturday night in Queensland, got Nathan Dawson there and Shane Graham represented uh, right from the start. Heat won there. Yeah,
1: all all eight races, Steve, are heats of the Australian Drivers' Championship. So you're right, there's some wonderful talent. Unfortunately, James Herbertson has been ruled out for Victoria, but... He's been uh, replaced by Chris Finozio, who's in terrific form himself. So it's a really good lineup just going through those drivers. So you've got um, Gary Hall Jr., Josh Gallagher, Ryan Roy Shannon Savalco, Mitch Ford, Nathan Dawson, Wayne Hill, uh, Chris Venosio, Ellen Torney, Mark Yale, Grace Pinellas, Shane Graham. So a good lineup of drivers. All eight races are heats of the Australian Drivers' Championship. So it'll be interesting to see who walks away with the title. And this is a good opportunity for Nathan Dawson as well because. He's, uh, he's an absolute minute out in front as far as the national driver's premiership is concerned. So if he can walk away with his title it will uh, go a long way to proving that uh, he is, without doubt, the number one driver of
0: 2023. And it's such a unique situation in Tasmanian harness racing, Chris, as we know, with Ben Yole's powerhouse operation. He, he dominates races, and even in that first, he's got every single runner, um, 12 uh, horses, 12 trained by Ben Yole, and basically <laughs> that's the case right throughout the card. He's got probably 80% of runners there on uh, on Saturday night.
1: It, it makes you wonder how he's going to address his drivers yes, <laughs> then on exactly. that. Does he just group them around and give them a big what team about the talk, colours? a big
0: team yeah. huddle?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> just so. on Queen Alita, you spoke to Chris Alford. We, we know he rates her very highly, and she runs on Friday night, doesn't she, the fourth there in that free-for-all at Melton. Um, off an awkward draw, but it won't matter, will it, Queen Alita?
1: Well, it doesn't look like it, Steve. So she's going around in the Maori Miss there on on Friday night. So she's got to overcome Gate 7. But uh, I don't think there's anything in that field that's going to worry her. She's up against her own sex there on Friday night. So that's her race to lose. And then the following night at Geelong, it's Cup night there. So they've got a number of features, including the pacing cup. Uh, That's going to be interesting. Emma Stewart has good representation. Uh, The likes of Rock and Roll do backs up from last week's Victoria Cup. Uh, Mac Dan's backing up, Beyond Delight goes around, Bulletproof Boys on the back up as well. So that's going to be a good race on Saturday night at Geelong.
0: And I tried to watch the trial this morning, Chris. I didn't have any joy, but I wanted to see Just Believe trial. Apparently trial really well heading towards the the Inter-Dominion Series. Yeah, it it went around in Heat 6 there on Monday night at Melton.
1: Yeah, got a long way back. Just the field of six that competed in that trial. So uh, it sat back in the field along with another former Inter-Dominion winner in, in Maori Law. So that uh, they both found the line nicely. They're up against a couple of paces there and they were able to finish off in good sectionals. I would say Just Believe was probably the better of the two. But given that, you know, the other guy has been out of action for quite some time, he was essentially retired, so they've been able to bring him back. But uh, as I said, both found the line nicely, so... Uh, Both are nominated for ID23 as well, so it'll be interesting to Mm. see if both make the trip to Brisbane rather than just one.
0: Yeah, and I should mention the winner at that trial is a very promising horse going through the grades, Chris. Five for five by Kylie... trained by Kylie Marshall in Victoria called Smoke and Ace. Um, Five for five by Sports Rider. So uh, it might be one to just stay on the tail of and see when it runs next. You might know anyway. Smoke and Ace we'll look out for. But Trent Dawson is with us.
1: Well, it's disappointing you, Steve, that we've got Trent on this morning because uh, his star performer for Real Life was set to race on Saturday night at Benangle in the uh, the first semi final of the New South Wales Breeders' Challenge. But news came through yesterday afternoon that he has been unfortunately scratched from this series now. So let's find out the latest. Trent, good morning. Morning, Chris. Thanks for having me on. What's the update? Uh,
3: not, not really any big... Um nothing drastic this time we sort of would do it. <clears throat> he sort of had his final works over the weekend and we were probably happy with probably maybe a, a little a temper on the happiness with it so we sort of nominated monday but we thought it was just do a bit of due diligence and take a blood and um and check him out and um yeah he sort of just come back with the virus and um you yeah, so we, we sort of did a little bit of investigations and and probably you know if if we if we had been racing in Brisbane, we might have we might have stood a fighting chance to be able to um, you know get get him over it before the weekend. But but obviously we were, we were due to sort of take off um, early this morning, so um, I, I, we didn't. We, we come to the conclusion the twelve hour trip down there was probably not going to um, to bode well for him to be carrying a bit of a virus down there as well. So yeah, we we pulled the pin.
1: Okay, so nothing major. He'll he'll obviously have to what undertake a course of antibiotics and just clean it up.
3: Yeah, we we sort of started the antibiotics there last night, so um, just just tidy that up a bit. Like I say, um, you know, it was probably you know at the start of the week there was probably enough time. had we um, we just got to stay in our own box and the, and, and eat eat where he was comfortable, but uh, having to travel twelve hours down there, to, you know, you don't you don't want to be sort of carrying any sort of little respiratory complaints. Um, you know, in any big race, let alone when you've got to travel 12 hours as well. So we, we just, he, he's sort of done a good job for us this year. Um, there's still a couple of Cube red races on in the next month here. So hopefully we, um, we just tidy that up in the next week. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can just, we'll stay local and um, yeah, just hopefully finish off the season on the high.
1: Okay. But tell me this though, how, how disappointing or how tough was that call to, to Sydney to say, uh, we've got to take him out?
3: well yeah i didn't i didn't necessarily want to be making the call but um you know this horse has been you know he's he's got sort of quite special to me now and he's he's got a um you know as far as horses nice horses go he's got a he's got a real bit of x factor that that not every horse sort of carries with him so um you know when when you know you're making the right call for the horse uh, and looking after his future it's um you know he he's it's much, it's much easier to make the call when you when you know you're doing the right thing for the horse so um yeah i i was sort of disappointment but but um yeah it kind of um probably makes me feel a little bit relieved that we you know we can just get on top of it and stay home and get on top of that uh, in the next few days so yeah we we'll, we we'll, we'll still we'll get over this one but um yeah it would have been nice to see how he measured up mm
1: yeah absolutely so uh disappointing but we move on and it's not a major issue. So that's the uh, the upshot there. So he's won nine from 18, six from nine this season. Uh, he's now gone back to back with his triads. Now, looking forward, the next 12 months, the four-year-old season has become a lot more busier than what it has been in, in recent times. Like, these are the options that you've got just looking ahead. The Chariots of Fire comes up early in the new year. The Queensland Carnival, you're just overloaded with choices there. You've got the Rising Sun, you've got the, the Queensland Sun, you've got the Hayden. And then the, the the big daddy of all now is the Eureka, which is the world's richest race. There is so much on offer as a four-year-old. So the fact that you miss this one, if you look big picture, it, its it's not all bad, is it?
3: Yeah, no, thanks Chris. I appreciate your efforts to cheer me up. Um but no, yeah, you're right. It, it, it's and that's one of the things we sort of, you know, you look at the next year, the stack of races that are on there. So, um we you know, we didn't want to, you know, the, you you can you, st- you start sort of racing a horse when they're not 100% um at the level that he's sort of got to race at and you know, sometimes you can you can be you can open up a spiral downwards that um you know, you just don't want to go down. So, so yeah, like looking looking ahead to twelve months makes it easier to make the right call for the horse and say, Well, you know, we'll um we'll go down we'll go down and and, and protect him and, and hopefully next year that'll pay off.
1: Okay. I, I want to answer the question, your your bloke aside for real life, so of this trio that I've put together, which one do you think comes out on top? Never ending from Perth, Petrarca, who won last week's Victoria Derby, or the New South Wales derby when it better be the best.
3: Well, we haven't really seen better be the best race um, these, these top line horses for sort of probably since the start of the year, I guess. And he um, looks like he's come back, and those couple of lead up runs he's had at Bathurst um, look pretty sharp. So um, <clears throat> I would have thought maybe he didn't have quite have the speed as uh, as a Petrarca at the start of the year. I thought he was mount like super tough, but it, it seems like he's he, he's found a bit Well, he's had a bit of an easy time. So um, yeah, I, like that that's one of those um it's one of those questions i guess we we're going we're going to get to see him in the, in the next 12 months and all these good horses will get to spar each other at, at some point but um yeah i i, I kind of got a i got a spot for better be the best he just, he just looks like he's um he's gritty and he's found a bit of speed
1: okay speaking of cheering you up this will cheer you up this the uh, next little subject that i've got written down for you future is short how good was he last saturday night 51.6 and keep in mind the track was um you know uh underwent remedial works last week so far from being at its best and he stopped the clock at 51.6 and looks so good doing it
3: yeah well that's um that that's a, that's a shining uh, one of the shining lights That sort of the, getting to stay home um you know i'm not away for the next fortnight so i can sort of just put it put a lot of effort into him and make sure he's cherry right for these um, couple of lead up races in, in the next few weeks. Um, but Saturday night was, he yeah, was crazy He sort of off for of six weeks, six weeks without a run and, um, no trial. And, you know, we, we did have the barrier draw advantage, but, um, I, I, I'm pre- pretty adamant if you know, two weeks, two weeks ago, we, we, when that track was you know, lightning fast and I think, um, I think we would have broke 50 on Saturday night and I, and I think they would have, um, yeah, like it he was pretty crazy on Saturday night and I think I think there's a little bit more left in him. So um yeah, I hopefully we can um yeah, maybe maybe I, I think that'll do us a good favour for getting into the inner dominion. We'll rank pretty favourably anyway, but I, I think that um would have probably boosted his calls a little bit. Um so yeah, he's um I I think he's setting himself up to sort of surprise a few more people next time he puts puts himself in those good races.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. The track records, forty nine two. It's in serious doubt, isn't it? Going forward.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. No, wait. Wait until some of these horses. You know, like clearly, clearly, Baxter Dance. Um, you know, was needing the run on Saturday night, and um, you know, once we all start pushing each other and every, everyone starts turning up in in high gear, I think. Um, yeah, this this summer, I I think um, I think there might be a new name on that that fence if they if they keep going the way they're
1: going. Yeah, absolutely. So when does he step out again, Trent?
3: Um, still tossing up around, about, around which which way we go, but um, probably the Good Johnny Sprint will probably be his next, next outing and then um, back up the following week into the, um, the, I think it's the Queensland Cup. And then, um, yeah, just to, as, long as, as long as things are ticking along well, we sort of, we want to give him those couple of runs so he's rock-hard fit, but then we just want to sort of have him a little bit fresh, so he'll probably go the next three weeks without a run before the Dominion starts. If we uh, if we do in fact make it in there,
1: I'm sure you will be there, no doubt about that. Uh, his ranking probably goes up following that performance there last week. Hey, Trent, um, appreciate the time. I know it's, um, you know, bittersweet at the moment. You've got Future Assured who's low-flying, and it's disappointing that you don't get to uh, test for real life in that Breeders Challenge series. But like I said, there's so much to look forward to next year. There's so much on the calendar for you, and it's big, big money as well. So onwards and upwards. No, right, thanks for the time, Chris. There's Trent Dawson joining us, so uh, that's the news. He is out of the Breeders Challenge Series for real life. He's a Group 1 winner this year, taking out the big Q-Bread Triad, and he's done the double so far. He won it as a 2-year-old, and he backed up this year to do it as a 3-year-old, and that's another race that he's got next year on the radar, no doubt about it. Well, let's talk about these 3-year-olds. As I said, uh, if you were to pick one, Steve... Are you going with better be the best New South Wales derby winner this year, Petrarca, who won last week's Victoria derby, or are you with the Perth horse, which is never-ending, who seems to have the, the WA derby at his mercy? It's not an easy question Petrarca. to answer.
0: Petrarca. Yeah. Back to that Perth race on Friday night, I see some early markers have got the other horse favourite. Yeah. Oh, that... Pff,
1: don't be reading them. Wrong? Yeah, <laughs> horribly wrong. Okay. Horribly wrong.
0: What if the horse has to death seat outside the horse draw on the inside? Still win? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Nathan Turnbull.
1: Nathan, good morning. How you going, boys? Very well. Your guy, he's number one, isn't he? Clearly. Clearly. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. New South Wales derby winner. And, and, and Trent Dawson just made a good point. He's always been really good, better be the best. But this little campaign that he's going through right now, he's... He's probably even better. he's got that um he's got that unbelievable determination, but he's got a little bit of or a little bit more spark about him now uh, compared to earlier in the year.
4: Yeah, definitely sort of early in the year, probably done it just on raw ability, but he had a good long spell and he's come back and gone to a new level and yeah, we've babyed him and really looked after him, and I think it's sort of starting to show now he's just getting better and better, so it's pretty
1: exciting. Okay, I wanted to ask this question of you with Better Be The Best. You decided to give him a break and bypass the Queensland Carnival, so there was no Queensland um, derby, there was no Rising Sun, Uh, yet you bypassed the Victoria derby in preference to having him spot on for the Breeders' Challenge. No regrets with bypassing either the Queensland or Victoria derby? Uh,
4: Obviously... You know these horses are once in a lifetime, and you wish you could go in everything, but obviously you can't. You got to pick and choose and look after them. But um, yeah, I have no um, yeah, regrets of his campaign at all. And you know, if the Melbourne Derby, uh the yeah, Victoria Derby was you know a bit later in the year, we might have had a crack. But just with this Breeders' Challenge, and you know, two two thousand eight hundred metre races two weeks running and then straight into the sandwich, we thought it might be just a bit too much. And we've looked after him all year. So why throw him in the deep end now when we've done
1: such a good job of looking after him? Yeah, it's a fair point. And and the other thing that offsets this as well by missing both the Queensland and Victoria Derby, when you look ahead to next year, the four-year-old calendar has really been pumped up in recent times. And these options are on the table for you as well. I just spoke to, to Trent Dawson about for real life. You've got the chariots coming up early in the new year in your own state. You've got the rising sun worth big money here in Queensland and obviously the world's richest race, the Eureka. That's got to be the number one focus for next year as well.
4: Yeah, 100%. Like I said, yeah, these horses are once in a lifetime so you got to look after them so you can try and prolong their career and as you said, the four-year-old, there's such an amazing calendar for them so we've really tra- kept that in the back of our mind and hopefully, you know, we've got a horse next year that can, you know, we can sort of probably chase a bit more around the states and that, like, a, yeah, it'd be awesome to take him up there to Queensland and like you said, we've got the Chariots in the Eureka in our home state so yeah, it's like I said really
1: exciting times. Mm. He's won 15 from 20, 8 from 10 this year and he's won his last five. Now, two starts ago when he won his Heat of the Breeders Challenge, uh, you were away, your sister Amanda took the drive. What was the the feedback, the initial feedback that you got from Amanda after he won that day?
4: Um I I was actually an American. I wrote her a message and just said, he's a beast, isn't he? And she wrote back, I was just a passenger tonight. He's amazing. That's all she wrote back. So, yeah, he he really is, like I said, I think as well, just getting better and better.
1: So, did he surprise you in any way, shape or form with that victory at Bathurst and the time? Like, he went 52-4, keeping in mind he's a 3 year I think the track record's 50-6 and six or 50-4, and four, and that was set by Expensive Ego when the Inter-Dominion horses came to town. So, did he surprise you with that sort of time and how easy he did it?
4: Not really. Like, I, there's been plenty of times I could have went a lot quicker, but... You know that you know you don't get any extra money for going quicker so we've always just looked after him and sort of made him do what only what he had to do and um yeah even last start against the older horses he drew one inside the back row and you think you know he could easily get beat there seasoned horses that have been competitive down at Menangle, and he he was good enough to come off the fence out free wide out random and still around fifty two and a half that night so. Yeah, he, he really
1: is on top of his game at the moment. OK, the last time he tasted defeat, that was in the Gold Chalice back in March at Bathurst there. The horse that beat you on that occasion is Bainbridge. And is it fair to say he's your biggest threat on Saturday night in this semifinal?
4: Yeah, definitely. Uh, he, he, we, he got it mixed up that night, my fella, and galloped out and gave him a head start. But... Um, yeah, he he's definitely a horse on the way out, Bainbridge. And then you got a horse like Sweetheart Bart that have drawn one, and you know, going to get nice soft runs along the fence. So there's no easy ones when it gets up into this grade. But um, yeah, we sort of got the draw, and uh, we're probably going to have to push the button early, more so than we have in the past. But um, you know, he's been leaving the gate really well. That Gold Crown night, it was just a complete nut of balls up, really, because he he's a horse that doesn't like attention much and he was flustered and there was a delay and he was standing around for three hours before his race and then it rained and it was muddy and everything like that and just um he was just flustered and just lost him out of the gate but we've put shorteners on him since then just for state of mind really and um he's been perfect ever since so yeah we'll
1: have the shorteners on saturday night and probably have to push him out a bit harder than usual Okay, whatever happens this Saturday night, do you expect any more improvement to come uh, going into next week's final?
4: Uh, as scary as it sounds, yeah. I um, He sort of, not that he had an easy time of it, but Dad, you know, was probably pretty kind to him when he was away. He only had the heat and... Um, you know, even when I got home, I worked him and Dad goes, he'll want to come back over to my place because I didn't work him as hard as you just did. So he, um, I think he's, um, yeah,
1: still on the way up for sure. Okay. Tell me more about this, Colt, uh, at home. What, what's he like around the stables? I've actually
4: got a black eye at the moment because he, I was putting him on the walk the other day and he let drive at the gate and the gate come back and hit me in the face so he's an absolute rat bag but it's my fault because i let him get away with a fair bit as well so carly won't touch him but jet gets in there and does a fair bit with him so he's good if you you know he does still try and put it over you but he's um when it when you get serious with him he,
1: he listens to you but yeah he's a rat bag but i let him be of course Okay. Does he know he's good? Does he have that sort of, um, you know, attitude that, you know, he knows he's a little bit better than average? Yeah, definitely. He know he knows he's the man, that's for sure. Okay. What about his owner? Is he a really nervous type?
4: Yeah, he definitely wears his heart on his sleeve and, you know, yeah, it gets a bit antsy, but he's um, he's been super with me, with him. He's let me do everything. And um, anything I've said, like I was the one who pushed to go to... New South Wales, Darwin, because he sort of thought it was a bit early in the season to be going on them long trips. And I was the one who said, well, if anything, this is the only one we would go in because it's safe travelling and we've got the Breeders Challenge when Melbourne's on. And, uh, you know, he caught that on the chin and said, yeah, leave it to you. And, uh, yeah, we talk a lot. And like we said, as long as we're always on the same page, yeah, we're always going to have a good run with this guy.
1: All right. What did he cost as a as a younger horse? Uh, he was seventeen and a half thousand from the Bathurst of sales. okay, he's by a stallion called Shuby's place. Is that a lot of money for a Shuby's place? Probably.
4: and like I said to someone the other day, if he was a he's got better delight on the mother's side, don't get me wrong, but if he was a better delight himself, he would have been seventy or eighty thousand just on looks alone. he's a beautiful he was beautiful looking horse and soon as Chris got me to go have a look at him. I said, we've got to get him. He's amazing. And, um, yeah, I had a limit of 15 and went to 17 and a half. So I had to break that news to him straight away. But, um,
1: yeah, it wouldn't change a thing
4: now. He's um, paid us back well and truly. Yeah,
1: 336000 and still going up uh, ahead of this weekend. Hey, I've got to ask about Jets. Steve was uh, talking about uh, a few things earlier Steve loves Jet. Um, are you surprised with the way he's taken to race driving? He only got his licence back in July, and his record's unbelievable as it stands right now.
4: Uh, yeah, obviously, Hope, he hits the ground running, And uh, but like I said, he's been driving track work since he was nine years old, and so... I always knew, you know, he had the ability, and he, he can handle any horse you throw him on out here. There's no dramas there, but it, obviously when you go to the races, you got to get on the right horses and stuff. And um, but yeah, no, he's really hit the ground running, and he's driving really good. And we couldn't be prouder than yeah. of him.
1: Well, he's only 16 years of age. He's small enough to be a jockey, isn't he?
4: Yeah, he legit probably could if he wanted to. Well, he he lives on the Teller and pizzas, and he still only weighs about. <laughs> 48 kilos so if you a bit strict to diet i'm sure he could but he has no
1: <laughs> no plans in the world of getting up on top of him. that's for sure okay so you as his dad you've got better be the best uh, Arnie amanda sat behind better be the best is he nudging you to say uh when's it my turn uh every day yep yeah does he do track work with better be the best
4: He's him a couple of times, but I usually... That's the sort of one I usually like to tighten the seats on there and um, do him most of the time. But, yeah, no, he's done him in the past and that, and he, I'm sure he'll get his chance one day to jump on him. That's the sure. I, what sort of father would I be if I didn't give him a shot on him?
1: Yeah. What about Grandpa Steve? Does he give him some uh, words of wisdom?
4: Yeah, he's unreal. Um, you know, he uh, follows him and... Um, even, you know, Jed is always picking his brain. That's like I said with Jed. You knew he was always going to make it because he doesn't stop asking questions and pestering everyone. And, um, yeah, so he was always going to make it.
1: And, like I said, we just couldn't be happier that he has. All right. So he wants to learn by the sound of it. And, uh, obviously, he gets into Arnie Amanda's here and uh, asks a million questions there too.
4: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it never stops. And he's got plenty of people out here to learn off. And, um, yeah, like I said, from... Nine-year-old, he was riding around on his motorbike with his helmet asking who he can drive track work for. So, you know, the experience was always there as well, which always helps if a lot of these young kids. You know, a bit inexperienced in that, but he, always had, he had plenty of grounding work, so that's for sure.
1: All right. Tell me this then. You've recently done that family vacation to North America. Things were steamrolling really well for Jet. Was that tough for him? And once he arrived in North America and took in some action, did that make him settle a little bit better and enjoy the trip or, or was that just tough for him to be away from the races uh, now that he's got the licence and he's out there competing?
4: Yeah, no, it was funny when we were sort of leaving, you wouldn't think, yeah, 16-year-old kid, who, well, kid wouldn't want to go to America, but, yeah, he, like you said, he was flying high at the time, but I said, it'll be right, like, we'll get all the crew in when we get home, and um, but he... You know, we love watching the racing over there and watching the boys, you know, Todd and Andy. As you know, we all grew up together. And um, so we are keen to go over and see them as well. And even, you know, over there when we were down the Red Mile, he was up at 7 o'clock in the morning. He went down Brittany Graham jogging horses with Nancy Tactor and that and picking all their brains. So he, he didn't stop learning the whole time he was away even and, um, you know, picking Andy's brain about all the driving. So he learned a lot from that as well.
1: Yeah, awesome. A job well done uh, with Jet. Uh, continued success, and I'm sure it's going to come his way. But uh, keep up the great work with Better Be the Best, and best of luck on Saturday night when he goes around in that uh, second semi final. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Awesome. There he is, Nathan Turnbull, joining us. So Better Be the Best. He might be number one in Australia. It's a uh, it's a tough question that one. Petrarca, the Lost Storm, could be in the mix as well. Never ending over in Perth. Let's focus on tonight's meeting at Rickliff. We've got nine races on the program. I tried to track him down last week. I think I put in a a wrong number there or a wrong digit. But anyway, we've got him online now. Bryce McElhinney, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you? Yeah, really well. Uh, Tonight, you've got a number of good chances. What's the confidence like right now?
5: Yeah, pretty confident tonight. Got a few good hopes and some might need a bit of luck. But um, no, I quite like the chances of my first drive tonight. Okay,
1: we'll talk about him in just a moment. Just talking with Nathan Turnbull there, jet his son off to a flyer. He, he's really small. Um, you're probably the opposite. How tall are you? Because a lot of people ask me, how tall is Bryce McAlany?
5: Yeah, uh, six foot four, Chris. So, yeah, fairly tall. <laughs>
1: is there a chance that you've reached uh, your peak, or is there a chance that you could keep growing because you're only a young man?
5: Uh, I'd like to hope I've reached my peak. I really hope I can start shrinking a little bit sooner than grow, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I definitely think I've reached my peak. All
1: right. Uh, let's go through your drives tonight. Fundamental race one, number one. Is he the leader in this field? And if he is, can he take them all the way?
5: Yeah, he comes up with a kind of alley tonight. He drew six over this trip last week, and we went that really quick lead time. Like you said, they don't really break 30 too often over the 2,000, and... Um, from barrier one, I think he'd be able to hold his own. um the main danger will probably be sitting on me back, but um no, I think he can take him all the way with a kind of trip. All right, and just looking at that front row, do you
1: think there's going to be a fair bit of early pressure?
5: Uh, the Maharani can get out good and sister Bliss as well, but um my bloke, if I have to ask him, I think he can um yeah hold his own through in, into that first turn.
1: OK. It is a better start point, 2040, when you've got that inside gate. You don't have to probably burn as hard to, to hold up.
5: No, that's right. Coming up with the Barrier 1 drive, I was fairly confident. Seeing it over the 2000, I won't have to burn as hard to hold him out. So we definitely won't be going Helter Skelter like we did last week.
1: All right. Race three, number three, saving Major Percy. You know this guy well, so what are the expectations here?
5: Yeah, might be a bit of a tricky draw for this fella, but um, he's racing well and um, he should be a bit closer to the speed and I expect him to race quite well tonight. Okay. Is he one of those horses that just lacks that little bit of high speed? Yeah, he definitely do not have much high speed about him being such a big horse. He's more of a just-goes-all-day type of fella, but um, yeah, he should be close enough tonight, whether he takes a sit or he's grinding away in the chair. Um, he should still be thereabouts.
1: All right. Race four tonight, talk with esteem. So on paper, it probably looks a little sticky. But when you look at those to your inside, I'm sure you're hoping for a stack of early speed here.
5: Yeah, that's right. There's going to be a bit of speed with the one and two, drawing where they are. And um, so she's going to need a bit of luck from that barrier draw. But if it pans out the way it did two starts back, she'll be um, letting them know she's there.
1: OK, you're just, uh, you know, just requiring some luck with her. And what about Wonderland in race six? The boss is back in town. She was in the winner's circle yesterday, Chloe. And uh, this pace is absolutely flying. He's been placed his last four. Although he's got a somewhat sticky drawer as well, gate five. How does he measure up here?
5: Yeah, he's been flying this horse. Um, Been up on the pace every start. Um, a, few start a couple of starts back, he had to come from behind and he just got beat. That was probably a bit of driver error that night. But um, no, we're probably going to have to go back from the draw tonight. Yeah, the boss is back, but I've let her know the horse has been flying under my care. So <laughs> she'll, I'll let her keep knowing that too.
1: Well played. Uh, Mighty George, is he the horse to beat given that he's got that inside gate?
5: Yeah, definitely. This He's been flying this horse and um, yeah, he's got the inside gate, which helps him tonight too. And um, Gabby's ideal also been flying. So they're definitely the two to beat in that race. All right. But with
1: any luck, you shouldn't be too far away.
5: Yeah, I wouldn't think so. If they go hard early and the race is run upside down, he'll probably be letting them know as well that he's in the race. All right. Uh, The winds
1: are are steadily coming through. You're looking for more opportunities?
5: Yeah, definitely. I've had a pretty good... I'm pretty happy with my season. And um, the drives were a bit quiet through the start of the season and they're starting to pick up now. And just as long as I remain... Um, in the cart, not getting suspended, um, the drives will certainly come. Has that been your biggest battle this year in 2023? Yeah, definitely. I've sort of been one because obviously I'm not like the rest of the juniors. I hadn't had a lot of opportunity, so I get a bit too excited coming into the fighting finish and I get a bit um, excessive with my whip, but I've slowly turned that around and, um, yeah, no, I've been going pretty good at the moment.
1: All right. You're in the winner's circle last week at Albion Park, but the horse that is blessed with good ability, and he looks like he's going to be a leading chance in that uh, race on Saturday night. Alderman Huey, he didn't shock you last week of that win, did he?
5: No, definitely not. We um, He got sent up here, and we knew he had a lot of ability, and he just had a bit of quirks to him, and um, no, Jack's working out very well and changed a few things, but no, definitely didn't shock us with that win on Friday night, and yeah, we think he's another good chance to get on Saturday.
1: Okay, what would it mean for you to get a win on a Saturday night then?
5: Yeah, no, it'll be... Pretty special. Um, I've been trying to crack it in the last few weeks. I've had some decent drives, just no luck has gone our way. But um, hopefully, we might be able to make our own luck on Saturday night.
1: All right. The other thing that you're good at is race calling. So you can call and you can drive. At any stage, have you thought about doing one over the other? And at the moment, you're doing the horses, but is that something down the track that you might consider doing on on a more you know regular basis?
5: Yeah, it definitely is. It's always um, in the back of my mind that I do have that to fall back on. It's always good in this industry to have something to fall back on just in case it doesn't work out the way you thought. Um, Yeah, there has been moments where I thought I should probably just turn and give the driving up and turn to the race calling and then the driving starts to pick up so I start to enjoy it again. But um, no, definitely in the future, like I'll be running out on me claim soon so um, that might be something to look forward to into the future, um, the race calling.
1: You've
5: done a lot of trial calling down in New South Wales, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. I um, was the caller at Penrith Trials of a um, Wednesday night and then they changed to Monday. So I was doing them every week and then um, doing menangle when I could, obviously Monangle trial of the morning. So just with work commitments, if I could do them, um, I'd get there. But if work was too busy, I wouldn't be able to get there. But yeah, I did menangle trials and Penrith trials and um, a lot of the mini trots across the state
1: okay so most would be aware that you can call now that it's out there and uh, we've spoken about it on air this morning do you think some of the boys in races will say well are you, you going to call this race or are you going to drive this race or can you do both
5: yeah definitely they'll probably put it out there a lot of um, mainly my family they definitely put it out there that i should be focusing on race calling but that's just family being family I want the best out of me but um yeah some of the boys say i should be race calling um i'd called a race at marburg with the mini trotters and actually drove in the race as well so that was a bit of fun there you go
1: there you go and i've got to ask uh, many know glenn mcalini who's based down there in sydney how
5: is he related to you uh so glenn's my uncle so he's a brother to my father david and um yeah glenn's a pretty well-known driver down there um was up there with some of the best a few many years back um getting older in time and i let him know that but no you can still mix it with some of the best
1: yeah so it's
5: a big harness racing family um i wouldn't say big it's a big family in general but no just the um there's four boys and they um they're all involved and then um obviously i got involved through dad and a couple of the other boys um like caitlin adrian's daughter got involved as well so I wouldn't say we're a big family involved, but there's enough of us there. All right.
1: And you're based with Jack and Tara Butler right now, working with them?
5: Yeah, so I've been here at Jack and Tara's for just under 12 months now. And, um, yeah, really enjoying it here. They're a great family. And, um, yeah, it's sort of not like a working state. It's more like a family business. We all get out here amongst each other. And, yeah, it's just more like a family-run business.
1: Awesome. I've got to ask, last question, Rock Supreme. When do we get to see him again?
5: Uh, yeah, he shouldn't be too far off. He's had a couple of gallops back now from a um, bit of a freshen up. So, um, yeah, he'll be um, stepping out the trials in probably two weeks' time. Mm. He's done a big job, hasn't he, up here? Yeah, he's definitely exceeded any expectation I have had of him. And especially from early days, I definitely didn't think he'd reach the heights. Um, he has, like he hasn't done anything special. But I definitely didn't think he'd work through the grades like he has. Excellent. Well,
1: hopefully there's more to come for Rock Supreme. Really appreciate the time this morning, Bryce. Go and get those winners and uh, keep racking them up.
5: Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it.
1: There's Bryce McElhinney joining us. So he can drive and he can call as well. I've, uh, I've heard him do uh, a fair few mini trot races up here and he, he goes okay. So he's very tall, though. It he, sort of be about your height, Steve. He's he's getting up there. He's very tall. So we'll see how uh, how it pans out uh, and what the future holds for young Bryce. Darren Clayton joins us now. Darren, good morning.
2: Yeah, morning Chris. How are you this morning?
1: I'm really well. Disappointing news that for real life won't get to Sydney this weekend, so he's out of the Breeders Challenge but I'll pose that question to you. Number one three-year-old right now, is it never-ending? Better be the best or Petrarca fresh off his Vic Derby triumph last weekend?
2: Uh, I'm I'm with never-ending. I'm pretty pretty keen on this horse. Have been after his undefeated two-year-old season where he really... Hang on,
1: hang on. You're tipping never ending over Better Be the Best, who's from Bathurst, and you're a Bathurstian <laughs> yourself.
2: What's, well, what's going on here? If we, we've got to make it a little bit spicy, but yeah, it, that may change come next Saturday. If Better Be the Best comes out and dominates that Breeders' Challenge final after this week's semi final, then um, we'll we'll certainly look at perhaps changing that. But at the moment, I'd have Never Ending as the top seed, Better Be the Best. Um, ag- Nathan Turnbull saying there, you know, if he was perhaps a, a better's delight and not a shoeby's place that he'd be a, you know, a higher price yearling. Well, uh, I, I could agree with that because he's a he's a stunning looking colt, um, yeah. better be the best. So, um, yeah, just sometimes the, the breeding can turn people off, but um, he's got a motor.
1: Yep, absolutely. So just looking at that series now that For Real Life comes out. <laughs> Who's going to be the biggest threat to better be the best? Is it is it Bainbridge?
2: Well, do, does he have a threat? Like, I think mm. even if you go back to that Gold Chalice run where um, he got it all wrong and Bainbridge won that race, well, um, I think you look at what they've gone on with, I, I can't see there being too much of a threat, to be honest, just with what he's done. So, um, yeah, I, I I can't see really on on face value what's going to test him especially that that he put up there i know it's a lot lesser uh opposition than what he'll face this time but that sort of second i guess i'm not really sure exactly how how they all work but it was the the other breeders challenge um race on eureka night so um yeah he just he just destroyed them on that occasion so um you know it's a little bit tougher this time but He dealt with the older horses at Bathurst last week, and when he asked him to go, he just changed gears in the blink of an eye and pulled clear, and uh, a three-year-old doing that against older, experienced opposition who can know how to sort of grind out a win, and he just put them away at the top of the straight within the the twinkling of an eye. So he's got a very nice horse on his hands, and, and it's great to hear they're enjoying the ride. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Let's uh, talk about the the Victoria Cup. Keen to you get your thoughts on that uh, Grand Circuit feature held last weekend. Upset result. Act now, getting over the top. Catch a wave second. Leap to fame third. Firstly, leap to fame. Our uh, our hometown hero. How did you sort of assess his performance?
2: Yeah, he he was mighty brave again. Um, you know that it's not. We saw him in the Eureka. He had to, you know, dig in for the fight on that long, menangle straight, and then this time sort of at Melton on the 1,000-metre track, and he was sort of there. He loomed up, but just those swoopers got the momentum, which um, was a bit interesting because you don't normally see the swoopers gain that much momentum out wide at Melton, um, especially against the clock. They might um, they might do it if the the sectionals are in their favour, but it probably wasn't in their favour to be coming wide. So um, you look at it that way, and the inside runners generally can get a good run. They couldn't pick up there. So um, all in all, it's it's a mighty mighty brave effort again to be um, you know finish third in a Victoria Cup. It just shows, though. I think um, plenty of plenty of opposition now will be looking at the fact. Well, he's he sat parked in three big ones, and and um, hasn't been able to to land the win. Nothing against his runs in defeat; they've been massive. But uh, I think there'll be a few more willing to take their chance now to park him come come any race.
1: Okay, that being said, ID twenty three. We're only weeks away—six weeks, uh, I think. Friday. He's two fifty with Tab fixed Price. Are you taking the two fifty now, or are you shopping for value?
2: No, I I couldn't take two fifty now on him to win the final when we've got three heats to get through, and where the races are so barrier draw dependent. I, I know, you know, he probably comes out in each heat and starts a lot shorter, but I'd be prepared to to um, to just wait under that scenario and see where he ends up in the final. I, I couldn't be going that short uh, after, on a fourth run after a three-heat series when we're still eight weeks out or six weeks out.
1: OK. Uh, the other question coming out of Saturday Night's race, 2023 Australian Harness Horse of the Year. That's very much up for grabs, that title, because as much as we want Leap to Fame to to, to grab that title... Um, he's no sure thing. So catch a wave, he's right in the mix. And maybe maybe these Trotters, are Queen Leader, just believe. I think the Inter-Dominion, both for the Pacers and the Trotters, is going to bear a fair bit of weight for that overall title for this year.
2: Yeah, it certainly is, because uh, I think there's been such a wide spread of horses. You, you probably say at the moment, catch a wave and leap to fame, probably equal if anything perhaps catch a wave just has his nose in front he's won the chariots of fire and the miracle mile and um a good second there last week in the in the uh, victoria cup so he might just be marginally ahead of leap to fame whose two big wins have been the sunshine sprint and the rising sun so um you know just looking at that as much as they are prestigious races here in Queensland. I think the chariots and the um, the Miracle Mile probably just hold a little bit more sway if you if you came down to a direct head-to-head contest. So, under that situation, you would say that Catch a Wave marginally has his nose in front in that title. He doesn't come to the Inter Dominion, so that puts him at a probably at a big disadvantage. Says to Cat. Deca- leap to fame comes out and wins the inter dominion well then you would say he's probably a lay down was there to win that title so it all Mm -hmm. depends if you know a horse like Swayze if Swayze goes across and wins the New Zealand Cup which there's you know he's that's on the on the plans and then he then comes up here and and goes to the inter dominion and to win that does he put himself well forward in that in that argument considering he beat leap to fame in the blacks of Fate. For sure,
1: for sure. So he's got to win both of them, though, to, to be in that uh, in that position. So we'll wait and see. And we've got Rickliff tonight with nine. Where's your best bet?
2: Yeah, it's good to hear Bryce give a good push there for ThunderMental in the first because I thought he found every opportunity to win that race ThunderMental. Uh, he's good, good gate speed. And um, like you mentioned, the 2,040-metre start at Redcliffe Certainly favors those drawn to the inside. So he shouldn't have to bustle too hard to, to kick through there and hold. He'll have the options thereafter. I thought he gets every opportunity. Uh strike early, one one, fundamental.
1: All right, four twenty with tab fixed price. He's a dollar seventy the plays. Was there anything else that you fancy tonight?
2: Yeah, I thought uh, uh, Taylor Gillespie's a, a good chance of getting an early double. She does a great job with her team and um, early scratching of number one in race two, Franco Macho, that moves Rockney in one spot closer and um, I had him on top even before that early scratching and I think that just makes it even better now and um, two starts back, he wasn't far away behind better than a rocket. He chased home, um, or he was in front last time behind... Uh, Lou's dream who's a very nice three-year-old who we'll see on saturday night so i thought he got every chance there race two, number three rock in all
1: right he's currently at 440 a dollar 75 the plays have you got numbers for
2: the Quaddy? yeah so first leg i think you could play the field there and and still come up short so i've got i'm playing four numbers there i've got number nine Bertles firefox on top my old favorite He'll be tracking home nicely. Three, five-star Gem, who I marked the early leader. Number two, Skipper Swansong. Um, she's a last-start winner. Good chance. And ultimate chance, number one, probably gets the gate advantage. So we'll go one, two, three, nine in the first leg. The second leg, um, happy to go one out here with number one, Mighty George. Um, thought he gets every opportunity here good gate just in behind them and going pretty well so mighty george number one only the third leg another little bit of a tricky one a maiden i've got number two someone's watching on top purely off uh, having race experience hasn't shown a, a great deal but this is a wide open maiden number four is evidenced by the fact number four sky bow is an odds-on favorite and hasn't had a race start yet but did trial really well so got to include him number one toughy 51 start maiden can start 52 be the lucky one we'll see there and throw in number five take courage like i said i think this is a wide open maiden one two four and five and in the last leg thought this was a race in three number nine tell me this um, we'll be relying on a few factors in the run but a late charge can certainly see him get over the top. Number two, Cobbler Lane. Probably find it a little bit easier. And if he finds the front, he'll be hard to stop. And number five, talk in control. Runner up her pass two. Won't be too far away. Two, five, and nine.
1: All right, so one, two, three, nine into one, into one, two, four, five, into two, five, and nine. That's how we play the quaddy tonight at Redcliffe. Best bet. Race one, number one, fundamental. And the value play. Also uh, from the same stable, Taylor Gillespie, race two, number three, Rockney N. Hey, Darren, appreciate the time. We'll touch base again on Friday morning.
2: Yeah, looking forward to it, Chris. Thank you.